0: Praise God. Everybody ready for the word? Come on, are we ready for the word? We're going to shine the light. We're going to keep it going today. We're going to shine the light today. We're going to expose some ugly up in this world. You ready? Say, bring it. All right, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the power in the living and alive, active word of God. Lord, we ask you right now that you would remove any hindrance that would stop us from growing in you. Father, that you would prepare the speaker, the listener, God, that you would prepare each heart to receive your word, that you would prepare us to, to to, to not receive a spirit of offense, but to receive the spirit of power that comes from you, Lord God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we pray that today we would receive the truth and the truth would set us free. Say amen. 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 Please stand for the reading of the word. Come on. The Tell them where the, it's found. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: The word of the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 19. James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Rewind. Verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Amen. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. What? Their religion is worthless. Mm. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The Word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: I love that the Word of God says your religion could be worthless. In the Greek language, religious is a word that is never really used in the positive sense in the whole New Testament. Did you know that? Every time the, whole New, the, the New Testament mentions being religious, it's usually a bad thing. James is saying right here, you can be religious and not be right with God. Okay, can I give that to you again? You can be religious and not be right with God. So, see, the secret is hidden right in the word itself. I I love this. The word religion comes from a Latin word that means obligation. It means to bind. Religion means to bind. How many want to be bound? How many want to be obligated? Right? It's always a bad... Listen, friend, you do not need religion. You need to be right with God. Amen? Amen? If you're just joining us today, you're probably thinking this church is jacked. Pastor just opened the message telling us religion is bad. Listen, you do not need rules. You need rightness. Amen? You don't need to be bound. You need to be set free. Look at what the Word of God says. What is religion to God? God said, if you want want religion, okay, you want religion that I accept? Do good to people and help people that need help and stop yourself from getting messed up from this world. Isn't that what the Word says? He said, you want religion? Okay, here's your religion. Do good. Help people that need help and keep yourself from being jacked up from this world. Amen? Well, all right. We're in the middle of a series titled This I Know, and we've been going pretty deep into what we believe, who we believe, why we believe, and... and We've been kind of defining who we are and where we stand. And so let me give you the scripture base real quick to get this out of the way so you have it. Matthew 5, 14 says, We are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Man, that's such a a beautiful thing, and it's also such a heavy thing, right? We are the light of the world. The second scripture, John 10, 10, The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Somebody say amen. amen. Revelations 12, 11, And they overcame him, how? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And these, are, these scriptures are just kind of the basis of what we've been building on in this series. So, so the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We overcome the enemy, how? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Amen. And the last scripture that I gave you last week, 1 Peter three fifteen. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Amen? So you got the scriptures. That's kind of what we're basing this whole thing on. Let's jump off. Amen? Last week's message to catch a thief, we started looking at world religions. Not because we should be shopping for religions, but because I don't believe God gave us a religion. My wife is screaming at kids, praise God. I don't believe God gave us a religion. After the fall, God gave us the law to show us how impossible it would be if we tried to earn or be good enough to be, have righteousness with God. That was the purpose of the law. It was to show us how impossible it would be for us to be good enough to keep it ourselves so that we didn't need a Savior. Amen. So, so listen, if religion almost always had a bad connotation, and if God says, you know, the only religion I accept is this, then here's what we got to think for a minute, and here's where I want you to focus today. Here's where we're going. If religions didn't come from God, then where did they originate from? Can, Can we press in and go deep today? If religion didn't come from God, then where did it come from? Who are they serving? Who is it benefiting? Who who are people praying? What is it accomplishing? Today's message to Catch a Thief, part two. Amen? So I believe the more we examine these religions, we're going to see, in fact, that religion is the biggest trap that was ever set for us. Religion, I want you to see it as the biggest trap that the enemy has ever set for us. The word tells us, and and, and I started this in the beginning, but I want to just drop it on you real quick. The word tells us Lucifer was an angel, right? And and he wanted men, he wanted the worship of men for himself. And so he desired to be worshipped like God was, but he couldn't have that. He was thrown out. And so he couldn't be like God. And yet the first thing he tells Adam and Eve is, you could be just like God. So it's a trap that he sets. And, and the first thing he does is, is he puts that idea. And so he couldn't get the worship from men. So the only way to accomplish that is to steal it. And we, we talked about this in the beginning, right? The best way to steal something for all of you former thieves in here is to do it without people noticing, right? Amen? The good thieves say, Amen. That's the best way to do it. You know, you don't want to carjack somebody. It's easier to steal a car. Right? Without them noticing. It's less of a crime. Anyway, let's not get into that. (laughs) So listen, the devil uses distraction to avoid detection while he detours destination. Tweet that. The the devil uses distraction to avoid detection while he detours your destination. He knew he wasn't going to get people worshiping him worshiping him if he just set up, you know, I'm Big D, I'm the anti-God. He knew nobody was going to worship the little mouse, you know, when you compare him to the creator of the universe. And so he had to steal it. And so just as he did with Adam and Eve, he crept in like a thief and he used the snake talk to sneak into our cultures. Maybe as they were being formed, To, to he crept into our traditions as they were being established. Maybe before anyone could even recognize These religions and these bonds, they were created and established apart from God. How else can we explain an 18-year-old kid named Charles Taze Russell who started a Bible study that was used to bring some unbiblical teaching, some way out teaching, Um, From the set of teachings that were in the Word, and this became the Watchtower Society, formed the Jehovah Witnesses, bound and obligated. Today there are over 7 million active witnesses. How else can we explain Joseph Smith, a 17-year-old kid, who says he has a visitation from an angel called Moroni, 17-year-old kid has a visitation from an angel called Moroni, and he was used to add another testament to the Bible called the Book of Mormon. And he claims John the Baptist appeared to him and ordained him to translate these gold tablets. And so he, he translated the gold tablets that later became the Book of Mormon. The gold tablets were lost, of course, and were never found again, but today they report to have over 13 million members. How could it be that this could it be that this happened with Muhammad, a 35 year old man who claims the angel Gabriel appeared to him? Notice almost every world religion is started by an angel appearing to somebody, some visitation. When the word doesn't tell us that the angels ever have that kind of connection with us, they come and announce something. They're messengers, but no. He, here, listen. Muhammad had claims the angel Gabriel appears to him, and now because Muhammad couldn't read or write, he was instructed to memorize the words that the angel spoke to him. And these visitations lasted 23 years. And so he memorized 23 years of recitation, and this became the Quran, which today has 1.5 billion followers. Billion followers. Hinduism, 900 million followers. Buddhism, 350 million followers. If we look at these numbers, religion is the largest set of traps that the enemy has ever set. Is this blowing your mind? I mean, these numbers? Religion is the... Can you guys lower these monitors? that keep popping over here.
1: Religion is the largest
0: set of traps the enemy has ever laid out for us. I'm teaching you about this and I want us to understand because every day you and I or someone you know is confronted with these traps. And they fall into these traps. Amen? Right? Every day, I'm going to show you today, every day how we encounter some of these traps. And, and they've been set up in our generations for years. What, what's one of the, the biggest things that keep us falling into these traps? A lot of times it's our culture. Right? We say, well, you know, um, this is what I was born. This is what my family does. Our family always was into Santeria. We do Santeria. This is if you if you were born in Pakistan or Turkey, you're a Muslim. If you were born in China, you're probably a Buddhist. If you're born in India, you're probably a Hindu. It's a culture thing, right? This is what we grew up with. A lot of times, it's family. How many t- how many times you've seen this? Right? My family's always been Catholic, right? So we're Catholics. It's just what we do right? Italians and and, and Hispanics, it's what we do. We were born Catholics. Never go to church a day in your life, but you know, what are you? Catholic. Anyway, right? It just comes that way. All my relatives are Hindu, so that's what we are. We're Hindu. It's a trap. But listen, church, we are the light of the world, and we're called to expose these traps. So it's, it's okay if we start getting busy with this. We need to know a little bit about some understanding. This is not, you know, something that I'm going to do all the time. and This is not something that we'll probably ever do again for a long time. But I felt it was time in our lives, where in our, the life of this church, where we started to expose some other stuff so that we could be equipped. Amen? so that we can stand. Amen? We don't want to glorify the enemy, I don't, but I want you to see what's happening out there. And I want to help you understand what the people that we deal with every day, the things that they're going through, I want to help you understand and so that you could have something so that you can shine a light. So when you hear some of this terminology and some of these words, you can say, Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I know what you're talking about. But the word says this. But where'd you get that from? But do you understand that? Who created that? Do you understand? You know, you understand. I want us to be theologians. Somebody say, Amen. amen. It's, it's not time for us to be fat Christians anymore. Just sitting down, coming to church, and getting our worship on and getting excited. It's time for us to be in the world and be a light. All right. So so this is how we do this. All right. So listen. It, it, everywhere we need to know a little bit about something because these understandings, these belief systems, whether we like it or not, we're being indoctrinated everywhere we go. Every other movie star today is what? Scientologist. Right? Uh, Tom Cruise, the most famous Scientologist now. John Travolta, Kirstie Alley. (coughs) Can I tell you a little bit about Scientology? Scientology was created by L. Ron Hubbard. Everybody remember the books, Dianetics? L. Ron Hubbard was a science fiction writer. And he, he, he discovered, he said, you know what, I can, why make this kind of money selling books when I can start a new religion and make a whole lot more money? I can start a whole religion and escape the tax brackets, escape all of that and make a lot more money. So L. Ron Hubbard, a science fiction writer, turned his science fiction theories into a religion. Let me let me prove it to you because this is this will blow your mind. They believe in God. God is the big Thaetan. And so, but God doesn't really, He only exists in us. So we're Thetans. We're little Thetans, right? And and so members are called Thetans. And so the problem is we've forgotten our divine nature, and so we have to go through a process that they call auditing. So this process of auditing is, is where the where the money's at. This is where the business at. The first course is free. The first course, you you might see them on on Times Square in that building, in that area where they have that big Scientology building. They'll tell you the first course is free or $15. It's a very little, a a small fee. They make it very affordable. But this fee is promising to to bring enlightenment. It's promising to teach you how to use different parts of your brain. They promise that that you can um, achieve special powers, powers like healing. Anyway. So you take these tests and the whole thing is to determine how clear you are. The goal of a Scientologist is to have a clear state. So when you hear words like that from your friends, understand what's happening and what they're talking about. And so you take these courses and the courses will tell you how many pre-clear courses you have to take to be clear, right? Now, these courses will run you thousands and thousands of dollars. They increase. They goes up and up. But by the time you get to the course that you can't afford anymore because it's so much money, it's a car payment or it's a car, you know, and, and you say, I can't afford it anymore. I need to get out. And they promise I could have my money back. They said, no, the only way out is through. So you have to finish the 300 hours that were assigned to you in courses, pay for all that, and then you could ask for your money back. What happens is, though, the courses get so expensive, and you get so in debt, people end up leaving their jobs and working for Scientologists to work off the debt that you incurred in the courses. Now, now check this out. He created, L. Ron Hubbard created this little, this little Scrabble machine that has two little cans. It's called an e-meter. And so this E-meter, you, you, you hold the two cans and it measures your, your electric whatever and it tells them how many courses you need. It tells them, it evaluates you. I wish I was making this up. This is straight up serious. So this e-meter, and you have to buy the e-meter. The e-meter costs a lot of money. And the e-meter always, L. Ron Hubbard always um, updates the e-meter. And once you get an update, a new release of the e-meter, your old e-meter doesn't work anymore. It's not accurate. You have to buy a new e-meter to keep testing how clear you are. This e-meter will tell you, it's supposed to tell you dates, like when you had conflicts in your life and whatever. And so it could tell you, well, you know, your, your wife died back in 1980. And you're just like, no, my wife is still alive. So, so what they tell you, oh, yeah, but this is your past life. So it was your wife in a past. So the e-meter can never be wrong. Because if it didn't happen in this life, it happened in one of your lives. Because they believe in science. The Scientology believes in incarnation. And so you just keep reincarnation. So you just keep coming back and back and back until you get clear. Okay? Wait, it, it gets even better. Tom Cruise, only people like Tom Cruise or Big can drop the 25 million to reach a different level of clear that you and I can't reach, right? Because there's eight levels. There's OT levels. There's operating thetans. There's levels one through eight. And these are mystical teachings. I couldn't even find any on the internet. These are mystical teachings that are only taught on Scientologists' cruise ship called the Free Winds. They have a cruise ship, and that's the only place, you know, when they, they tell you on the news that he's going, Tom Cruise went to the cruise ship to get enlightened. That cruise ship is a Scientologist cruise ship, and it has, check this out, it has the logo, which is two triangles, are you Illuminatiist. It has two triangles with an S, that's the Scientologist logo. It's clear on the cruise ship so that it can be seen from, from the sky. Why? Because, it's, remember, this is a science, science fiction writer. In Scientology, there are other planets involved. There's even an evil Zenu who's a galactic tyrant who I'm not making this up. Who 75 million years ago he brought billions of people to Earth in a spacecraft? Listen, this would Scientology would be a bad movie. For, forget about a religion. It would be a bad science fiction movie, but this is real. So uh, uh, another thing you need to know, in Scientology, children are forced to work for them, and they're basically separated from their parents. They only see their parents a couple times throughout the years. So parents and kids get separated. Probably a reason, I'm not going to speculate or be TMZ here, but probably why Tom Cruise's wife left with the kids, didn't want, because they're separated from the parents. See, the, the thief is so thorough, man, because look, he even there's a cross in Scientology. You'll see in the building uh, um, that they have in the city, there's a big cross. But guess what? The cross has nothing to do with the Savior, the cross has nothing to do with Jesus, the cross is a symbol. This part of the cross is the material world, and this part of the cross is the spirit triumphant rising. Why put a cross if you're not trying to copy? Right? Why call it the you know the Christian? Why call it Christian science if if, if it's not Christian? Come on, you with me? So Scientology's belief is that man is basically good and he can save himself. You can find that on their website today. (coughs) And even though it might take a couple of years to do it because you just reincarnate and reincarnate until you get it right. Amen? Some of us would need a lot of lives as roaches and mice and whatever to reincarnate until we get it right. So uh, you go again and again. Check this out. This is crazy. When you sign up for Scientology, you sign a billion-year contract. So you're saying, for a billion years, I'm committed to Scientology. A billion. How about that for membership? Stacy, change our membership forms. A billion-year contract. And people are signing it. So their belief is that man is basically good, he can save himself. Listen, Romans 3 says man is basically sinful. Say we've all sinned, we fall short of the glory of God. We can't save ourselves at all. Let me give you a quick test on that theory so we can test it. Is man basically good or is man basically sinful? How old was your baby when he started lying? Probably lied before he could speak, right? Tell me I'm lying. I know I had two kids. You tell a little toddler made a crazy mess of crayons all over the wall, got the crayon in his hand. Did you do that? (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Now, who taught him to lie? You didn't teach him to lie. That's his nature. He's basically sinful. Oh, man, that hit hard. I'm sorry. See, the Spirit clearly says in the latter times some will abandon the faith and they're going to follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciousness has been seared with a hot iron, 1 Timothy chapter 4. We need to be able to discern what's around us, amen? I'm not just talking about the people knocking on your doors and giving you tracks in the street. Those are obvious. We can spot the witnesses on Saturday morning. They come in a little huddle. They knock on your door, and knock on your door, and knock on your door, and knock on your door. And you turn the TV off, and you turn the lights off, and you. Right? We can spot those, you know, right away. We, we can spot the Mormons. Those are the white boys with the pocket protectors in the worst neighborhoods. Right? South Bronx in the worst neighborhoods. Hi, I'm Chad. We can spot those anyway. But listen, it's the ones that we don't see coming. It's the traps that we didn't even know were there that are so much more dangerous. Amen? Let me give you an example. How many of you people loved watched the movie Avatar? Come on, how many of you loved it? Come on, come on. How many of you have the DVD? How many of you have the Blu-ray? Botas a porqueria. I know we loved it, we bought it, we took the kids, we bought the toys, it was great. Did you know that the movie Avatar, we sat through three hours of Hinduism indoctrination? Oh, I'm going to break you down right now. Three, remember how long the movie was? It was like three hours and change, I think, right? Some of you can't sit here 20 minutes while I'm preaching, you got to go to the bathroom five times. But you sat through three hours of Avatar Hinduism and you didn't get up once. And you had the big thirty-two ounce gulp. You didn't go to the bathroom once. You held that joint. You're like, so I ain't missing. I ain't missing nothing that happens in this movie. But church, sure, you get a little itch. You're like, yeah, let me go to the bathroom. Yeah, let me go to the corner store and buy plant plátanos and 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 and, 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 and a. really? Thank you. Let me break it down for you. Listen, avatar, this is bugged out. Avatar is Sanskrit. It's used in Hinduism. Avatar means incarnation. Aye, that already hurt somebody. Avatar means incarnation. Hinduism, let me break it Hinduism for you here. Hinduism believes in three major deities. And these gods send avatars to the earth to perform religious duties. So, remember how it was the man's brother who was forced to partake in the project, those of you that watched the movie, but then it ended up being his divine purpose in life, right? Now, how did they connect to the avatars in the movie? They went into a box, locked themselves in a dark box, remember? And a, And that, that's, been, that's not new, that's Hinduism. They've been doing that since the beginning. They locked themselves in a dark box and they meditate. And they channel. And how do you connect? That's how they connect to the avatar. Through In darkness and quietness, you meditate and you channel and you make a connection to the avatar. When, when you connect to an avatar, that's a, a heightened state of awareness, they call it. So you're connecting to something in another place, in another, in another um, state, right? Why? What color were the avatars? Blue, all blue. Have you ever seen an Indian... An Indian poster or anything. All their gods are what color? Blue. Blue is the color of Brahman, who's their, their, the life force that they call the supreme being. Brahman is, is, uh, is the, he's the color of the universe. He, he's, the, he's the deity. Everything is in him. He's reality. He's not a personal god. You can't have a relationship with him. You can't know him. He's just a force. Right, so there's no relationship with him. He's just he just exists, he's the source of all things. They believe there are many paths to Brahman. So you can use other religions to get to Brahman. That sounds like Oprah now, right? Man's man's struggle. Hindus believe man's struggle is because we don't realize that we have the same essence as Brahman. So we're created. Isn't it funny how every how every religion copy says the same thing, but with different words? We, we copy so we don't realize that we have the essence of Brahman. And so, you know, we, we, our struggle <laughs> is, you know, that we... That, and, and, and so in, in the middle of that, there's karma, right? And karma is, is, is uh, reaping and sowing, is, is cause and effect, and that's a big, big thing in, in, in Hinduism. The goal of the Hindu and the Buddhist, uh, I'll show you how they connect in a minute, is to achieve this awareness... To achieve nirvana, their goal is to stop reincarnating. They want to get to the place where they achieve this peace and stop reincarnating. It's uh, Hindus or Buddhists, one of them, they, they're all vegetarians. They won't eat um, meat because they won't kill any animal because any animal could be your mother. You understand? Every you could reincarnate, they won't kill a roach because no, that could be Grandpa. That it's reincarnate, So they come through lives and lives and lives. So in the movie, the mission was to save the planet, remember? And they had to save the planet by serving the planet. Remember how they worshipped the tree? This was the most disturbing um, part of this movie. It bothered me. And I remember telling Michelle, I don't like this. I'm, not, I'm uncomfortable right now. Remember, they, they there was a big tree. They called the tree. It was Mother Earth. It was Iwa. And the disturbing scene, they all sat and they chanted and they held together, and they went like this. Remember there were hundreds of them? And they were like, mm-hmm. and, they, and I remember they left that scene on for a long time, and I remember feeling uncomfortable. I said, this is worship. This is something happening here. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was wrong, right? And, and that's what it was. They were chanting, and remember in the movie, he becomes the spiritual warrior. He breathes his breath into the blue body, and he no longer needs his body because his body was disabled, right? It was in a wheelchair or whatever. And so that's the heightened state, that's the goal of every Hindu, is to not need this body anymore, but to achieve awareness so that you're in the avatar, so that you have the incarnation. That's achieving cosmic consciousness. Some call it Christ consciousness. It's the Savior, the consciousness of the Savior without Jesus, without the Messiah, without a Savior. So he no longer needs the other body. He's enlightened. That's the goal of every Hindu. How does Buddhism with 300 million followers tie into Hinduism? Let me give it to you. I'm glad you asked. The the second biggest deity in Hinduism is Vishnu. Vishnu... Is, that's their second god, right? The second. So they're polytheistic, they believe in many gods. They're also pantheistic, they believe the universe is god. So they got a whole lot of issues going on. But the second deity is Vishnu. Vishnu has ten avatars that come to earth to do religious duties. The ninth avatar of Vishnu is Buddha, the 39-year-old man who founded Buddhism. So Hinduism um, founded Buddhism through the avatar, oh, and you can say, all right, so what, it's a movie, so what? Well, our kids are being taught this, and, and being, uh, 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 you know, receiving this indoctrination everywhere they turn. Did you know, I don't know if they're doing it here yet, but California approved yoga in the public schools. Do we have yoga here in the public schools yet? We do already. Okay. So yoga is in the public schools already. And, and, you know, they're saying because kids are too fat, they're too unhealthy, we got to get them moving, and so this is a good way to do it. And there was a lot of battle because they said, well, isn't that religion? And they said, no, it's not religion. And so so, um, California managed to pass a law that says yoga is not religious at all. Oh, really? Let me tell you what yoga is. Yoga is a Sanskrit word, again, from Hinduism. It means yoke. Yoga means yoke. And so in Hinduism, what the yogi does is not practice just for exercise. It's a meditation to help us connect to Brahma, to Brahman. It's, and so every position, you know how there's different positions in yoga, the cat, the mouse, the sun salutation. Every one of those positions is a way to open your energy that they call chakra and have you bound to that deity in Hinduism. So can a Christian do Yoga. I've had some emails this week and we've been talking about some things and there's, there's um, a lot of different programs that have used some of this and created, you know, stuff that's not connected to these gods and so that's on you, you know, we can do that. But can a Christian do a regular yoga class? I would say, hell no. Every, every position is a position to invoke that deity you can say, well, I'll just, you know, I'll do the cat and the mouse and I'll invoke Christ. Come on, man. Stretch another stretch and, and call it Christ, right? But don't, you, you can't make, there's some things that we can't Christianize, amen? Okay, I'll leave that alone. Understand, I'm not trying to get legalistic with stuff. I just, I want you to be informed. Listen, if, if, the, if the exterminator came into this building and he put two heavy mouse traps underneath my desk, I would want to be informed so that I don't put my feet in them when I sit down. Amen? So that's all I want to do. I want to inform you there's some mousetraps out there that will snap your feet right off. Because here's the problem with it. This, this is where we're going to get real crazy. Look, here's the problem with all this. The Word of God tells us there's no other deities besides God. There is no other deities and, and it's been proven again and again. And we see when we see, read, you know, when we expose ridiculousness, the, the things that are behind some of these things, we're like, come on. How can you even believe that stuff? And so the Word says there's no deities besides God. There is the God of creation, the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Moses, amen? The God, the God of Jacob, the God. So who are all these other gods? Here's, here's where it gets crazy. Here's where we got to really pay attention. Please press in. In the spiritual realm, the Word tells us that there's a spiritual realm, right? And so you need to understand this clearly. This is the most important thing I'm going to share with you right now. There is a spiritual realm. In that realm, there are angels, right? Angels, we read this in the Word. Angels cannot receive worship. They cannot be prayed to. They cannot be invoked. They cannot be uh, worshipped. They can't, they can't accept any of that. We We read that clearly. I don't care what any of your TV shows or movies tell you. These angels don't have desire to date our women. And, you know, there's a million shows with all this stuff today. And they just, to give you a different picture of angels, right? No, the angels of the Bible can't do that. So, so there's, there's, a, there's a spiritual realm and there's angels in this spiritual realm. That's all around us. Now, please listen to this and don't be offended. Your mama, your grandpa, your titi, just because she's no longer with us, she is not an angel. I, I think it's about time somebody told you this, because I, I hear it all the time. Oh no, you know, thank God, Wellita, she's an angel now, and she's. Or I hear things. No, heaven needed another angel. That's why they took my brother. Or they took. I'm sorry, mama. I'm sorry. I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be mean. But those people that you love that have passed, they're not angels. They're not in the, they're, they're for now, they're, the word tells us clearly where they are, to be out of the body, to be in the presence of God. They're in a place where they're awaiting judgment. There's a way. There's a lot of areas, but they're not. They don't transform into angels. Angels and humans are totally different, okay? Please don't be offended, but I, I, I need you to really get this because the word is pretty clear. Imagine for a second if that were possible. Here's where we, gonna, let's get, just get real. Let's throw the Bible out for a second Let's get real. Imagine now if that were possible. Imagine if I passed, I have two daughters and a wife. Which one of them do I follow around and protect? Think about this. Which one do I guide? Like imagine my torment now as a spirit. Like who I can only be in one place at one time because I'm not God. So even though I'm in the spirit, I'm not God. I can only be in one place at one time. So do I follow Kelly around and protect her and scare off all her boyfriends? Or or do I follow Megan around and torture her husband, make sure he treats her right? You know, shake him at night. Or do I follow my wife around who's given me her whole life and I lived with her all this time? Do I follow her? What if I'm with my wife one day and there's a car going to hit Kelly someplace? Like, can you imagine the torment? Why, why would you even want that for your family members that have passed? That's not biblical. That's not the way it happens. Okay, can, do we make that clear kind of? Plus, imagine how ghetto some of your grandparents were. Can you imagine the fights that would be happening in the spiritual? When your ghetto grandma steps up against somebody else's spiritual guide that's guiding them, your ghetto, he'll be throwing down all the time, right? There'll be such a battle, it'll be horrible. <laughs> Am I messing with some of your theology right now? I'm sorry. When you, when you and, and here's the problem though, here's the problem. When you start to believe this stuff, You open yourself up for the only other thing that exists in the spiritual realm. There's angels and there's fallen angels, but that sounds too romantic for some of you because you love movies like that. There's angels and there's demons. The Word tells us clearly. Those are the angels that fell with Satan. There was a, a, brand, a set of angels that had that free will and they chose and they fell with Satan. The other angels, they were created to worship and that's what they do. They're messengers of God. They don't have that choice, okay? So in this spiritual realm that's around us, there's angels and demons. There's no grandpas and no titis, amen? So listen, while an angel knows his place and he will not accept worship or communication other than what God has sent him to do, fallen angels will accept anything you give them. Ay, here's where we get crazy. How many of you grew up and and Titi had a and grandma and grandpa had an altar in their house and there was a couple of saints and there was apples and there was fruit and money and as a kid, you stole the candy sometimes or you took the quarters to play video games I, I did. right and so so we we grew up with this culture right that 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 uh, that understood that, or at least you know, were taught that th- this was you know we feed these things and understand. I said an angel will not receive anything from you. A fallen angel will take anything you give him. You want to call him Grampy? He say "I'm your Grampy." You, you understand? And so a fallen angel will take. So so listen. If any of these religions or philosophies, when they call out for a deity, who answers? When people worship a saint or pray to a person like Mary, a dead person, I'm sorry. When they pray to a saint and they say, Hail Mary, come, they're summoning, who's going to answer? Do you think Mary's chilling someplace waiting to take your order? Yes, what would you like, my son? Okay, say 40 Hail Marys and I'll do what you ask me to do. Why? What would that, right? No, who answers? A fallen angel. A demon answers. You're opening yourself up. This might be a little too heavy for some of y'all. you should have left. But, but so, so, what happens when you worship? So, so, listen, many people ask me this well, how do spirit mediums connect to the dead and how do they know things? Oh, we're we going in right now. How do they know things? How many of you watch the Spirit, the Long Island Medium and those shows? I've seen it though. <laughs> I've watched it though. Me and Alice watch it. (laughs) I shot you out, right? We talked about it. That's why I can say that. Many people ask me, well then, how do spirit mediums connect to the dead and how do they know these things? Let me tell you, there's two ways that this happens. Let me remind you and tell some of you that might not know, I was a spirit medium. So I'm talking to you from experience. Before I gave my heart to the Lord, before I found I was a spirit medium in Espiritismo, dabbling in Santeria. So there's two ways. One, it's totally fake. And many, many famous mediums have been exposed, and all their junk has come out, and they've been realized that everything was a fraud. This is, this is listen, when someone is open to receive something like that, they're ready to hear anything you want to tell them. And so I'll tell you my practice. I used to make it up half the time as an aperitista in the centro every Friday night for a year where I served. I thought I was doing God's will. I I was trying to serve God and do what God called me to do, but I was involved with some really bad, dark stuff. So when people would stand before me at the table waiting to be delivered from some witchcraft that was done to them, I would use witchcraft to deliver people from witchcraft. (laughs) That's like mopping your house with a dirty mop. That's like using dirt to clean dirt off or something. You understand? It's dumb, but when you're in there, you don't understand. You don't see it. Your eyes aren't open. And so I used to make it up. I used to generalize. I'd get a person in front of me, and I'd look at them, and i say, man, you have a hard time with work. What's that thing with work that you're having? And the person would tell me, yeah, I can't find work for two years. i say, yeah, that's witchcraft. That's the witchcraft that was done to you. Or I say, you have a hard time with work. And they say, yeah, this guy at my job, is trying to fire me. And I say, yeah, that's witchcraft. That's what the, the trabajo that they did to you. Or oh, they'll say, yeah, they just let me go. Uh, you understand, I, I put something out there and they gave me. They say, oh, how did you know that? I didn't. You told me. Think about it. I say, listen, there's this, this, this relationship. What's this relationship that I'm seeing that you're, that you're really battling with? Yeah, that's my mother. Man, this, 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 this. Yeah, amen. How'd you know that? Oh, I'm amazing, I know. <laughs> I'm a medium. Hello. How many times in the show she says, I'm a medium. I see these things. I know these things. Right? And you just got to drop some things and, and, and people will give you everything, right? And, and so most of the time it's that. However, how can some of these mediums really know some stuff that nobody knows? How come sometimes she says, it's your Uncle Louie, and your Uncle Louie, who used to have four dogs, and they were named, you know, Rudolph, Feds, Reindeer, whatever, 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 and, and, and they would tell you stuff, and you're like, how? Like, I never told any. My wife doesn't know that. How do you know that? Right? How? Listen, th- that area, that's a whole lot darker. That's a whole lot darker. There are many that have what's called familiar spirits. Oh, boy, you ain't never heard this in, in a church. If this, let me, you're, you're discerners now and you're equipped. If it's in the spirit realm and it's not an angel, what is it? Okay. It's a familiar spirit. These familiar spirits can know everything you do because they're in the spirit world. And if they've been assigned to follow you, if you've opened the door to allow that kind of stuff into your life. How do I open the door? Well, I'm a Capricorn. I read my horoscope every day. That's an open door. Well, I, have, I wear this for protection. That's an open door. Well, I have this in my clothes for this. That's an open door. Well, I had a, my, I had a, a tarot reading one time. That's an open door. Well, I saw a psychic one time because it was $5. But we were just joking though with my friends. We were like, oh, this will be crazy. Let's go. and get." So, but, but, but that's an open door. Oh, I remember as a teenager, we played with the Ouija board. Yo, that was crazy. But that's a game. That's Parker Brothers. That's nothing. That's Hasbro, right? That's not not witchcraft. Yeah, that's an open door. So these familiar spirits see things. They're in the spirit. They see these things. and, And what you're doing is you're giving the thief the keys to your life. And listen, familiar spirits will take anything you give them. They will let you call them any name you want. They work for the thief. We're going to expose the thief today, amen? We need to stop giving the thief keys to your house. Listen to, listen to this quote. Some of you are tormented. Some of you are living in fear. And it's your fault. Wow, what a compassionate, loving pastor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll go hug you and tell you, each one of you. Come I'll hug you. And I'll tell you, it's your fault. <laughs> With love and compassion, it's your fault. Stop feeding the saint that's on your dresser. That is plaster. Smash it. Throw it away. Stop putting an apple in front. He's not with well, an apple. They're going to keep the spirits away. Stop putting change on an altar. Take the altar out of your house. Tear down the altar. There should be no altars. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't need an altar. Your body is the altar. Some of you are tormented and it's your fault. You could come here and pray all you want, but when you added that candle, when you added the tarot card, you can't have God and extra. That's what I've been trying to tell you through this whole series. We can't have God and still have the extra. We have to trust God or, or trust in the extra. Then you better put a lot of fruit on that, on that altar. Listen, some of your kids are being tormented. They have a real hard time in the dark, and it's more than just the dark. It's because you put a little amulet on that kid. You let grandma or grandpa give them this little charm to protect them from mal de ojo, evil eye. Not realizing that's an open door. I just gave the keys to the enemy. Mess with my kid. You assigned a familiar spirit to that kid since he was born when you let grandma put that little chain on him with the extra eyes or the little black fist. How many of you had those growing up? (laughs) This is crazy, right? You never heard this in church. I'm sorry. We're going to shine a light on some stuff. I'm sorry if I'm taking over, but I got to finish this, all right? Listen, I don't want you to be scared. I don't want to give, you, give the enemy any illusion of power. I, I, I remember that, that, that you know, there was a time in church when everybody wanted to be into deliverance. And we started all, Christians started reading all these deliverance books. And we wanted to read, how many of you read, He Set the Captives Free? There's a couple, right? And, and then you got into that and you started reading a bunch of other books on deliverance. And, you, and then you started having some bad dreams. And you said, you know what? I'll leave that deliverance ministry for somebody else. That thing is wicked. That joint is crazy. Right? That was me. The more books I read about that, I said, no, no, this is... I came from that stuff. I don't need to be reading about this stuff. There were, there's books in there where they start naming demons and they, <coughs> they start calling you know, demons by their titles. And I said, listen, I don't need to know any demon's name. I'm not going to call them. I'm not going like, to add them to the contacts on my phone or nothing like that. What I need to know his name for? I just need to say, Get out! Come out. I love, there was an old Spanish preacher, Carlos Anacondia. He used to get up at a, at a crusade and there'd be thousands and thousands of people at these tent meetings and he'd just come to the mic, real, real gentle, real soft. He would just lean into the microphone and he'd say, come out. And people would manifest all over the place because he'd just call out all these demons out of people. He'd just say, come out. It's powerful. I was going to get into this a little deeper and tell you what I used to do when I was more dabbling with Santeria but I felt against it in my spirit. I, I don't want to glorify evil. Amen? I'm only going to say this because I've been talking about traps and, and there's no... I've been talking about traps and you need to know this. You need to hear this so that you never say you didn't hear it. There is no such thing as white magic. There's no such thing as good Santeria. There's no such thing as good espiritismo. When I got into it, they told me I was working the white table. So I was doing the good part of santeria. I was helping people, delivering people from, again, I'm mopping the house with a dirty mop. You, You understand? It's a trap from the enemy. There's no such thing as a good, there's no such thing as white. It's all wicked. Can we make that clear? It's all wicked. I was in it. I did the baptism. I wore the white. I had the elekes. I had all my coyales. I had all that. I was under Changó and, and Santa Barbara and all that. I did all that. There's nothing, nothing, nothing biblical about that. There's nothing godly in that. that. That will damn you straight to hell. That will curse you. That will oppress you. That will lift you. You ever see these people? They're miserable. You, right, do you see these people all in white with their all They're miserable. Why? Because they're tormented day and night. I'll be, I'll confess to you, I was tormented for an entire year every night. I was 15, 16, 17 around there. You can ask my mom who sits, I don't know if she's here right now, but she sits here. You can ask my mom. I was, During the day, I thought I was Mr. Big Shot, and then 16, 17 years old. Then at night, I'm crying like a little girl. Papi! <laughs> Papi! <laughs> Papi! <laughs> tormented tormented I was so frightened I was so scared and, and the more the more I was tormented the more people tried to help me and they would do more trabajos to help me to help control my behavior Spanish people do not do not consult the spirits to, to help with your kids behavior do not do not bring it to Jesus bring it right to God when you consulting the dead you are releasing familiar spirits on your kids and they're tormented. I wish I could tell you how scared I was every night. I wish you could know that fear. That, that nothing can save me. That nothing could help me. That no, I, I wanted to hear my father yelling at me because at least I knew he was awake then. And I would do this every night. And every night I'd be tormented. Every night things would move and things would grab me. And every night I had no peace for an entire year. It's a fear-based religion. Be, people are attracted to it because of the power. Say, so, well, You can cast the spirit and that person will love you forever. You can cast something and that person will never find peace. You can ca- and so there's this power about it that we like, right? Anybody likes power? We love power. Stop lying. You're in church. Come on, tell the truth. So it's a fear, but then once you're in it, people are attracted to the power, but once they realize where the power comes from, they're too scared to walk away. I was tormented every night, calling probably like a little girl. I didn't want, but, but, but listen, listen to me, church. I don't want anybody to leave afraid today. I want you to leave empowered. We're exposing things, not so you can walk away and say, oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to go to that room. That room has that saint. No, I want you to be empowered. I want you to start to tear down strongholds. I want you to start to clean house. Amen? I want you to start to understand the strength that's in you, the divine power that's in you. I don't need San Lázaro for healing. I need Jesus. I don't need Santa Barbara for covering. I need Jesus. I don't need, need Lourdes or Yemayai or any of those. I need Jesus. That's all I need. I don't need anybody else for protection, for covering. Listen, since I've been under Jesus, I sleep like a baby. Since I've been under Jesus, I'm, I'm not, I don't live in fear no more. I used to be so I couldn't wash my hair because I was so scared to close my eyes for more than two seconds. Anybody ever had that kind of fear? I wash my hair like... Because I'm so scared that if I close my eyes and I open it, something's going to be there. I was, I was, that was a horrible way to live. Now, I can take a whole shower with my eyes closed. I don't care. What's going to, anything that appears before me, I'm going to slap it down. Because in me, I'm not scared anymore. You understand? That once I've been in Jesus, things change, man. You need to get that. And listen, listen. All of that fear that controlled me and set me free, it all came. It was, all it took was a little Pentecostal lady. She was about this big. All it took was a little Pentecostal lady with a bun and hairy legs, praise God. A Pentecostal lady who had a prayer life. She had a prayer life. And she caught me outside. I was fighting with my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. I had my white Levi's. I had my white La Tigre. I had my, all my chains tucked in. And I was ready to go to Prospect Avenue where the centro was. And I was in the street and she's fighting with me not to go. And I said, I got to go. This is God's call on my life. God has equipped me to, to minister to people, to help, to, to bring freedom to the captives. And that's what I'm doing, lady. Back up. And and this little this little Pentecostal lady came from her church they had just done an all night prayer vigil. She walked down the block. She said, "You come downstairs." And I said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I went down into the basement apartment that's always really dim and I, I stood in that basement apartment and this little lady, I'm telling you, she was four feet tall if she was anything and she just started speaking to me she goes, God has called you blah, blah, blah. and all of a sudden I hear her voice and it's not this little squeaky old lady voice and all of a sudden this voice had bass to it and, this, and the room filled with light, man and I never seen that basement so bright and I felt I had to fall to the floor and I felt the power of God just wash me and clean me and deliver me. And listen, understand, there was no, I didn't have to throw up a hundred demons. I didn't have to renounce. No, and, and, and understand something. I was channeling demonic spirits every Friday night for an entire year. If anybody should have had a legion inside of them, it was me. But God protected me because God knew what he was going to use me for. And so, so that night, I didn't have to throw up. I didn't have to go through a bunch of craziness. And No, in one touch, with one simple prayer. She didn't scream. She didn't yell. She didn't slap me on my head and push me to the floor. She didn't step on my chest. Nothing. She just prayed. And and the Spirit of God and the power of God just cleans me. That night, that night, I slept with a peace that I had never known in my life. I slept like a baby. And from that day forward, I've been serving God. I've been... Actually, it took a little time before I... It took a little time there, but I got to tell the truth. Church, the this, this spiritual world, this everything I'm giving you, man. This is true. The, 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 the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what's so awesome about that verse is that if that's true, then the other part is true. Jesus came that we might have life, and we might have it to the fullest. So let's stand, let's stand for a minute. And, and just receive some words spoken over your life. 1 John 4, you, dear children, are from God and you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isaiah 54, 7, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which raises against you in judgment shall condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says your God. Luke 10.19, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing should by any means hurt you. Psalm 144.1, blessed be the Lord, the rock, and my keen and firm strength, who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. Forget the worship team. The worship team could come into the prayer line too. For some of you, I know I stepped on your toes. For some of you, I know I offended you. For some of you, I mentioned some things that you have. And some of you could be feeling shame. You could be feeling condemned. You could be feeling attacked. You could be feeling hurt. You could be feeling offended. I want to come against all that in prayer right now. I want to let you know the only reason we're here is so that you could have freedom, so that you could be free. So if there's things that I mentioned and... and, and, and Understand something. I think half the people that are involved in this stuff don't, are, aren't, aren't even bad. They don't believe that they're doing evil. I thought I was serving God. And I was a spirit medium working the white table and giving people baños and giving people trabajos and giving people um, all kinds of things to do. And I thought I was serving God. I don't, so, so understand, I don't want you to feel condemned if you have a statue in your house. I don't know if you have, you know, four copies of Avatar in your living room. (laughs) I don't want you to feel shame. I don't want you to feel condemned. Nobody brought you to church so you could feel worse. You understand? God God brought you here today so that you can be free. And I want you to be free. I want you to be, if you need some deliverance in some area, you can get it right here. You can get it right in your seat. You don't even have to go come to anyone because there's nothing special in anyone here. We're all the same, amen? You can, you as a matter of fact, right now, if you don't want to come to the front, lay hands on yourself. And say, knock yourself out for a minute. Say, Jesus, you said you're giving me authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And you give me authority over all the power of the evil one. And so right now, I just renounce... Everything in my life that it comes against you I, I just remove all the extra in my life And I stay with you only So I tear down the saints I tear down the structures I tear down the I'm going to rip out those things out of the clothes I'm going to take the amulets off my kids I'm going to tear all of that down I'm going to reverse the curse today, amen? amen? If that's you and you want us to stand with you You start coming Don't wait, you should have been up here already Come on This is serious, man I want you to have life. I want you to have it abundantly. Some of you, you come to church and you're trying so hard, but you can't get free in worship. Why? Because there's all the extra. God is saying, get rid of the extra, and you'll be free everywhere you are. You don't have to get to church. You'll be free before you get to church. Come on. So come on, man. If that's you, let's bow our heads for a minute. Father, Father, I just pray right now against shame and condemnation. And I feel like right now even, you know, the enemy try to put a, uh, Put put and our own flesh is trying to kind of keep us back and put all this thing nah, man. This is something that we've done my whole life. (coughs) This is something that's been in my family for years. I can't I can't destroy that. I can't, yes, you can. God is saying, Just me, just me, just me today, just me. You don't need anything but God. You don't need to join this church, you don't need to be a part of this church, you just need God. You just need God. You, wanna, you, you don't need religion. You just want to be right with God. If that's you, then just come. Come just, and just pray that right where you are. Say, God, I just want to be right with you. Teach me. Teach me, God, wherever it is that I, that I turn to the left to other things. There's, I understand there's sins and there's patterns that we do, and that's, you know, that's stuff that we're always going to work with God about. But there's open doors that we need to close. Those things we don't want to play with today. So, come, pray, come on, come on, there's power in prayer, there's power where people agree together. Ha. I believe we caught a thief today ha. <laughs>
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah,
0: hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Saints, can we pray? Can we pray together? Can we just pray for those that are coming forward? Can we just pray for each other right now? Can we just have a time of prayer for a few moments before we dismiss? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.